Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. In 2021, you can expect new records from MH Chaos coming out of Chicago and Warren coming out of the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. Very excited to hear new music from both bands. But currently, if you head over to From Within Records, Big Cartel, they're currently taking orders for the new record coming from X Kubrick. Super awesome. If you're into rap, I highly suggest you check that out. If you're not into rap or if you're a bit curious, I definitely suggest you check it out. Super awesome. It was really refreshing and very surprising to hear somebody that I know rap that well. And this is his first attempt at it. And it's just blowing my mind that um, X Xavier, he learned how to rap during the quarantine. He took the time and used it wisely and he came out with his new talent and I really am stoked with his new record, The Seven Levels of Happiness. I've, I'm just so high on that record, and I'm really stoked that From Within Records is working with him to put out the CDs, and the tapes are already sold out, so you guys missed out on that. But please, up until Friday the 13th, orders will be up for the CDs, so please do yourself a favor and go pick one up before it's too late. But shout out From Within Records. Like I always say, if you're not following them on Twitter or Instagram, I highly suggest you do so so you can keep up with all the awesome things that they're doing. On today's episode, we travel back up to Canada. I love all my Canadian friends. You guys are all awesome. And this is just an awesome opportunity to be able to shine light on an amazing artist from up there. Steph, she plays in Regional Justice Center, Punitive Damage, Apple White. All three are awesome bands. I'm super stoked on all three of them. If you guys aren't familiar, like I always say, please hit pause, do your research, and then come back. Or maybe not. Don't hit pause. Listen to the conversation and then do your research after. Just as long as you go check out the bands, that's what I think is most important. I just want to show them as much support as possible. I hope you guys do too. Or if you guys just want me to put together a playlist of awesome bands, a lot of people who've been on the podcast, boot up your Spotify, search Hardcore Caviar, and you will be presented with 20 awesome tracks of current bands, bands who've been established. So if you're interested in awesome playlists, it's something that I do on Spotify. It was taken over by From Within Records for like a whole month. I had the whole once in unity comp front to back on that playlist recently got updated with an awesome lineup of 20 tracks. So go check that out. And also people tend to ask from time to time how they can support the podcast. Just head over to jmerk.com slash shop, pick up some merch. If you want to support the podcast, I'm not doing a Patreon. I don't want donations on my cash app or Venmo or Zelle or whatever you guys use. That's it. If you want to support the podcast more than just subscribing, tuning in, listening, just head over to the shop. I would appreciate it. But if not, it's awesome. I don't care. I love you guys. I appreciate the support. So we traveled up to Canada. The conversation was awesome. It was fun. So strap in. And without further ado, welcome Steph to the show.
right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Steph. How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's rare for me to do these uh, on a Friday, so this is kind of cool, different change of pace. So I'm stoked to be here doing this with you. Nice. What days do you usually do them on? Um, honestly, it's normally like uh, leaning towards like Mondays and Tuesdays, and it's totally by chance because I, I leave it up to the guest. Uh, I'll just kind of present them with a date range and let them pick whatever suits their schedule best. So yeah, yeah. but we're here. Thank you. Um, for everybody out there who's listening that doesn't know, you play in a couple bands, Regional Justice Center, Punitive Damage, and Apple White, which I think is like pretty awesome. Um, before we jump into the band talk, can you kind of just give people an introduction on um, where you're living and how you got into this kind of music? Yeah, so I'm based in the Pacific Northwest. I'm up in uh, Vancouver, BC, so I'm up in Canada. Um, you know, I have been involved in like punk and hardcore in like the Vancouver scenes, like since I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, I was like a kid and I was a, lived in like suburban hell and I didn't have a lot of friends who liked the same kind of stuff that I did. Uh, so I just started going to shows when I was like 15 by myself in like industrial areas, middle of nowhere. Um, my my brothers, my older brothers are all musicians and they all used to play in punk bands and stuff. And I used to see them play and I'd always be like, yo, I want to do that. But I was fucking abysmal at guitar. So I was like, guess I'll never play in bands. Guess I can't do this. Um, and then, you know, the Pacific Northwest scene is very like interlinked with one another. So hanging out at shows all the time in Vancouver, you start meeting everybody that's in Seattle. Once you start meeting everyone in Seattle, then you start meeting people everywhere else. Um, and so it was just like being in the same room with people for like five years before I had actually said hey to anybody. And then from there, I just got to know like all my friends and stuff. And I got to be a part of these really cool bands. And yeah, just the same, I feel like, as everybody else. <laughs> so I'm pretty curious since you live so close to the border. Is it uh, like a big deal to cross over into the United States or did your parents like not care that you're going into like a whole nother country, which it, it doesn't seem like that far fetched. Cause I like, was like, like, you know, the same content, but it's just like, you know, this invisible border, but like for you to cross over as like a kid, like did that uh, mean anything special to you? Was it a big deal or was it just like normal for you since it was so close? Well, so it's like, I, when I started going by myself, it was a big deal just because like, I, I like I don't I never had a car so just like mobility was always a weird thing. Mm -hmm. Um my parents didn't know shit. There was no fucking way that they could know I was gonna be hanging out in a room full of boys. Mm -hmm. My mom is like she's from Mexico, so she's just like the second another dude's in the room, she's just like, Don't even fucking be near these people. They can't be trusted. So I used to lie through my teeth when I was um when I was like seventeen, I think I was like seventeen or eighteen. I used to play in this like youth crew straight edge band and we were playing the React showcase down in the Bay Area. Um, and I was still living with my mom and my mom was just super on my ass all the time. So I lied and I said I was just going over to like the town next over for like a girl's night when in reality I was sitting in a van with like 19 other dudes doing an overnight drive to the Bay Area. We played our show. We stayed one day and I came back. Were you ever, uh, did your mom or your parents ever catch you? Did you ever get in trouble for doing stuff like that? Because, man, being that young, I, I remember my early days, my, my my mom didn't really understand. Like, I would show her videos online and she would just, like, you know, think it's, like, super violent. And it, it took her, like, a really long time to kind of realize, like, oh, my kid's not going out and actually doing anything too crazy. He's actually just going to these shows with these strange friends that she didn't really know. But I think she was more comfortable 
um, knowing that, that I was actually just going to this one place, seeing these bands and then coming home versus in her mind, she'd always think that I'd, uh, you know, uh, there'd be chances of me going out and like robbing people or committing murders because she was like obsessed with like the Lifetime channel growing up. So she would just watch like watch the worst <laughs> movies and she would just be so terrified that that's how I might end up. So she would always just be so worried about me. But uh, yeah, it took her a couple of years to realize like, OK, he's just going like, yeah, he's going out of town to these places that I don't really frequent. But at least I know he's just going to a show and coming home and nothing else. Yeah. Fuck no. She did not fuck with any of that. She like to this day, she's just like, it's a pinch up in the house. Like she does not fucking care about music in the slightest. And like to an extent, I can't really blame her. So both of my parents are from like very different places and very different times where hobbies are like just not a normal aspect of life. Like, you know, she's from a super small town. So having a hobby and interest is like beyond her comprehension. And then add to the fact that yeah you have this aggressive type of music where like everyone's got like tattoos and everyone's like beating the shit out of each other like it just does not register in her brain um my brother and i like we've both been playing in bands like since we were like 16 15 years old and like to this day she's just like are you guys over this bullshit yet like i just I, you guys keep wasting your time and your money on this stuff um and it'd be funny because we'd be like, yeah, like I have these cool hobbies. I have this great support network. I get to do really cool things. I stay out of trouble. Like, you know, we grew up in this, um, we grew up in this like very notorious suburb in Vancouver. That's like well known for just like, you just getting shit all the time. Cause there's nothing to fucking do there. Mm. Um, so you either like join gangs or you just get like hella into drugs or you just don't fucking do anything. And like, we would go to these shows. Yeah. Like we'd be doing something proactive with our time and be part of these like really cool communities. And she would just be like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. And like, we could do all the cool things. Like we'll be like, we're going on these cool trips and we get to do these things. And she's just like, I don't care. And it just like, and it also reaches a point where like, I think she's also simultaneously exhausted. She's just like, my fucking kids are never going to listen to me. So I guess there's really no point in, um, in like doing anything. But it's funny. Cause then like we'll play in the shoegaze band. Uh, we'll play like Apple White, which is just like, I don't know, like nice, generally pleasing music. And we'd be like, oh, do you want to like come to like a nice show that we're playing? And she'll just be like, nah, sounds stupid. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know, it's funny is like my mom, like she like understands like me going to hardcore shows and all that. But like the, the, the newer thing is all uh you know there's been times where she wanted to do stuff but i'm like yo like i can't i have to do this um interview and i i just try to just be like really just i'm um, explaining it like as simple as i can because my mom doesn't know what a podcast is my mom doesn't listen to podcasts you know she's not like <laughs> the best with technology so I, i'll yeah. just you know just explain to her oh I'm, I'm just doing this interview and like i've uh you know I, i've been doing it for so long and she's always curious she's like oh like why are you doing these interviews like where do they go and i, I tried telling her i'm like oh well they go on the internet and you know people from all over the world like you know check it out and in her mind, she's she's just you know obviously she thinks of me as just her son. So she's like, people don't listen to it from all over the world. Like you're crazy. And I'm like, all right, like it's fine. Like like she <laughs> doesn't really get it. And um, part of like you know me like thinks it's so funny because she just thinks I'm just in my room talking to these random people and it's just kind of going into like this black hole that nobody really checks out. But you know people do check it out, which I'm super thankful for. But it's just so funny that my mom just has no idea, and it's just so funny to me that she thinks it's not really like a waste of time, but she just thinks it's like kind of a joke, and it's just so hilarious to me. You're just like meeting up these people in random chat rooms being like, hey, do you want to talk to me on the fucking podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. But OK, so um, obviously we mentioned those bands that you played in, but I, I kind of wanted to start with Applewhite 
because I, I that wasn't like my like that type of music isn't like the, the main stuff that I listen to. But every time like I, I stumble across a band with that kind of sound, I'm always like interested. So when yeah. I, uh, you know, heard you mention that you, you play in that band, I checked them out. I, I thought it was like super cool. Uh, can you talk about your history yeah. with the band? Because I, I was like, you know, doing some research and obviously there was like a demo under a different name. So if you can just talk about um, how that all started. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Avalite's a funny band because like we're all like hardcore kids like it's just all like hardcore kids being like yo you want to play something more than a power chord and we're like oh my god yes I would love to so um, you know Applewhite consists of like ex-members of like Go It Alone and Blue Monday Keep It Clear and then um, like a bunch of other bands so like this is what we've been doing for so long but like we all love like you know like Teenage Fan Club and we love like big star and stuff and like we just wanted to make stuff like that so we made a demo a while ago and it was awesome because people like we were just having super fun time like all of us write together really well um and we had so we recorded an lp not too well actually at this point like a couple of years ago and we were like starting to gain traction we were getting to play a lot of really cool shows meet up with a lot of people we got to like uh what's that fool's name who like he he's like the actor in 13 reasons why the uh, oh God, what's his I'm name? terrible. Like Wallows or something? I'm, I'm terrible with names when it comes to like actors and actresses, <laughs> but I know who you're talking about because I've watched that show. Yeah, so like he had a band and we got to play with them, and like that was pretty fun and that was really cool. And that was like also bizarre because it's a very different group of people that you're playing with. Mm -hmm. So you know, even getting adjusted to like I'm so used to like being a hardcore show. So if it isn't people like pummeling each other, um, I'm also just used to like people in the Pacific Northwest who are just like scowling and crossing their arms. And like to them, that's like how you know someone's having a good time. So like we're playing these shows. And then we have people who are like actually enjoying themselves. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you are doing right now. This is very new to me. Um, so we had this LP and then just as we were in discussions to release it, we got hit. I'm not okay. So I'm not allowed to fully disclose who they are. Uh, but we got hit with a lawsuit from a super washed out, irrelevant as fuck, old head studio rock band about our name. Okay. Being like, yo, you can't, um, you can't have this name because we trademarked it five years ago and we are going to have a band maybe at some point we don't know but we own the trademark so you got to back off and we were like it, it, it was just weird because it's an american band from an american label and we're up here in canada so we were like those laws don't fucking apply to us but they were just being super whack about it and like kept us kind of making us go in circles so what was shitty about that was like we kind of had the wind taken out of our sails because we had this awesome momentum and then we got held the fuck up by these assholes and i wish i could say who they are because i just like i would just i want to stress how much i hate them now at this point and like people will put on their music and i have to like leave the room because i'm like i hate them they're fucking trash who cares about these fools um and then we just came to the point where like it's not worth trying to fight these assholes who are on this like major label to like keep this name like we'll just fucking change the name uh -huh. um so it got kind of confusing because people were just like oh, I thought you guys were this. And then we're like, oh, no, we changed it. And like, because we can't say like who or like necessarily what happened, we're like, we just changed it because we wanted to fucking change it. But what's great is like, now we like we had to trademark our name just to make sure that like we were never going to run into this issue again. Mm -hmm. um, and then we were going to have this like release planned out and then the fucking pandemic hit. So then it got put on hold again, which was just like, it felt like one of those cursed records where it's like, we're, we're never going to be able to put this out. And we just finally reached a point where we're like, fuck it. We're just throwing it out there. Like, we don't care anymore. Um, 
And I'm excited. Like, I hope people like it. I really am like, it's the first LP that I've ever recorded. I have a lot of LPs that have been in the graveyard. So this is the first one that's actually going to be put out into the universe. And I'm like, really excited. And you know, like, I hope people like it. But I'm also just excited to be like, yo, I'm super proud of this. And I can't wait to just fucking get this out of there. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the the band camp and I noticed that there was like, you know, the, obviously the demo 2017 and then the two song, the uh, more about me than you and flag came out 20, uh, excuse me, 2018. And then there was like that two year gap between that release and then the one that's upcoming. So, OK, so that, that definitely makes sense why there was like a little break in between. Um, but I'm curious, uh, you posted earlier, which I thought was cool. Um, you guys uh, put a song on that compilation from Sunday Drive Records. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that. Um, I was actually wasn't really all familiar with that. Our brains is uh, Carl. He's the like lead singer and like okay. the lead writer. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, you know, is like just great at like being able to talk to people and finding these cool opportunities. So yeah, I, he told us that we were getting to do that. And I was like, yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. And obviously it's uh, definitely for a great cause. So shout out to Sunday Drive Records for putting that compilation together for Riley Gill um, Library. So if you guys haven't had a chance, um, go follow them on Twitter or go check it out on Bandcamp. It's a great compilation of bands. Um, but talking about the, the LP that's upcoming, uh, obviously there was the gap in between. And was there ever any hesitation to put it out this year? Obviously, it's um, you know, been a strange year. And here we are at the the tail end where, uh, you know, early November or mid-November and the record comes out uh, like November 17th. So I, I was curious, was there ever any thought to maybe just wait to maybe do it early 2021 or were you guys just like, all right, we just got to get this out. It just felt like there was no fucking point in holding on to this anymore. Like we, we just keep getting hit with these roadblocks. And it's also just one of those things where it's like, yo, we worked really hard on this record and all of us are like, this is probably one of the best things that like we've had a chance to record in terms of like, just, you know, musically in our careers. Um, so it just like, we could keep waiting for the perfect opportunity, but like, what's the difference between releasing it in November versus like 2021? 20, like we're, we're pretty much going to be in the same situation for, you know, the next little while. So, you know, we were going to re- originally release it earlier in the spring, but that's when also there was a lot of, um, that's when like the Black Lives Matter stuff started kicking up and mm-hmm. we were like, it makes like, this is not our platform and like, this is not the time to do it. And yeah. like, we don't want to, I don't know there was just so much more attention that needed to be diverted on things that fucking mattered. And I'm like a bunch of fucking sad songs and like reverb choruses can like, wait, like there's more important things. And so now we're just at the point where we're happy with what we have. We're okay. That it's not coming out on like, you know, like a big like planned release. We're just like, you know what? Like we're excited with this. We're going to share it. And we're just not going to wait anymore. Okay, that that makes sense. I, I totally get that. And the the cover art, it was uh, a, a photo taken by a guy named uh, Carl. Uh, I hope I pronounced it right. Is it Ostberg? Oh, I am totally not familiar. Okay. <laughs> he's a friend. Uh, he's a friend of our singers. Okay, yeah, because I I'm always curious, like when when it comes to artwork. So when I saw that, and obviously, like I you know check to see if, if people list who it's done by, because I'm always curious. And I I thought it was just a really cool photo. I, I definitely love the <laughs> the color scheme. It looks like really awesome. So I was just like curious about that. But if I'm you don't really know who he is, it's all good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, he's like the complete brains behind like the entire operation. Like he just tells us all the things that he wants to do, and we're like yeah that sounds great like you're a super genius and like we're all on the same level so let's go for it and are you in the band with your brother yes yeah so um 
my brother Mike, he so I pl he plays drums in that band, and he mm. also plays guitar in Punitive Damage. Okay. Um. Yeah. So like, with that band, we're pretty much like whatever you guys want to do. Like, we're super down. Like, we're we're all pretty much on the same brainwave with everything. Whereas like on Punitive Damage, like Mike and I work more towards like everything else. And is that cool for you to be in a band with your brother? Because obviously, yeah, they're a big influence on you getting into this kind of music when you're younger. Yeah, like he, you know, like at the risk of sounding corny or something, like he was like my biggest inspiration as a kid. Like he was doing all these cool things, and, and like he introduced me to like so much like punk and hardcore when I was younger. He was like encouraging me to like play music and stuff. Um, you know, like, like I used to. I remember when I was like first starting off, I'd get like really uh like demotivated because like i was also getting into like hardcore when hardcore was fucking supremely shitty to women and especially like female musicians and stuff and you know he was always my biggest cheerleader and like if i would come back from a show being like yo you know i feel bummed out because somebody said something fucking like shitty that like you know i'm only playing bass because that's all girls can do or like you know i remember people would say like the second i see a girl's involved in a band i stop paying attention because i know they're gonna suck you know, like real weird, like early 2000 B9 kind of bullshit. And so like I come home for shows and I'd be like, yo, this person said this thing and this really bumps me out. Or like I call him when these things happen and he, you know, like would always be my biggest cheerleader and be like, you just have to be fucking better than them. And you have to make them eat their words and just like straight up shame them. Like, don't be good, be better than them. And yeah, he's always been like my biggest cheerleader. We get her like, he's one of my best friends and he like is kind of the hugest reason for everything and or like the hugest reason why I got into music but what's also sick is that like musically we like are like we work very very well together like we have very similar mindsets we like you know when we practice and we bounce ideas off each other like we're usually on the same brainwave so it also works out well that it's like we get along well we write very well and we have very similar mentalities so like it's pretty fucking cool I actually like I think about that sometimes because I know that most of my homies have relatives that like aren't even involved in the scene or like aren't like they're just not even friends. They're just like whatever. So it's kind of cool that I like get to hang out with somebody who's like one of my best friends and also like my one of my biggest inspirations and also one of the most annoying human beings I've ever met. But someone I love endlessly nonetheless. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I, I always admire that when siblings can get along that well, and especially work together and in, in, you know being in multiple bands and uh, you know have influences on each other. So I, th I think that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, he's real cool. And okay, last thing um, on Apple White, if you know, uh, do you know the meaning behind the name? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> Apple White was. Um, we were just um, we were in the process of like renaming shit and we were just like trying to find things that worked or like what resonated with us. And like the other thing about the like Apple white crew is that we're all just a legitimate group of fucking freaks. Like everyone's like very um, like stoic, very much like composed and keeps to themselves. But like the Apple white group chat is just like absolute nonsensical bullshit, like 90% of the time. And we were really getting in on the, um, we were just like really into cult shit for a minute. We were just like, yo, you watch this cult documentary and we'd just be like going off and shit um and then so we were getting real into like the heaven's gate stuff and then we were like oh man like so and so's name was like this and this and then like the cult leader's name i can't remember his first name but his last name's apple and we're like damn that's kind of a cool name that is kind of a cool name what if we did something with this like we were just like that's a fucking joke but then we're like no that's actually kind of sick <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like it a lot. It, it, it seems like really simple, even though there's like a lot of letters in it, but I, but I like it. And so I, I think that that's a, a great name for, for your guys' band. Yeah, like it's funny now because like, I don't know, like na- like names for bands are like great and important. And obviously like, don't you want a sick name? And so like, I know, I remember we were really salty when we had to give up the new rituals. And like, now that I see like Apple White next to the new rituals, I'm like, it's not really that fucking great a name. Like it's fucking whatever. <laughs> Okay, I uh, want to put a pause on the band talk. Um, are you into the paranormal at all? Oh, <laughs> fuck, dude. Are you kidding me? Oh, fuck. You've unleashed the most punishing aspect of me. Yes, okay. 100%. Okay, and uh, do you still watch anime? I fucking love anime. It's so. I used to be so embarrassed, and I used to like shamefully hide that section of myself. Okay. Uh, but now I'm like, everyone's like, I feel like now that I'm getting older, everyone's revealing like their true freakiness. And I'm like, yo, you know what? Yeah, I'm fucking back, baby. I'm a total weeb. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so that's cool. Um, now I'm curious. There's this um, anime, obviously. It, I'm not sure exactly when it came out because I was just put onto this like a couple of weeks ago. Um, shout out Jack. Um, he, he put me on this anime. Um, it's called uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. No, I haven't seen that, but I, I hear my homies talking about it quite a bit. Okay. So super awesome i I think um i know episode five came out on halloween which i haven't seen yet so i'm like one episode behind but i think i'm not sure if six is out yet but if you like paranormal and you're into anime obviously you should definitely check it out because it's super fucking awesome like probably like um like i haven't been this stoked on like a new anime in a really long time and when it was like suggested i saw it on twitter like you know jack was like tweeting about it and i was like i'll I'll check it out because i was on vacation i had some free time so i uh, you know, popped up like you know, I, I tuned into the first episode and I was like, wow, this is actually really fucking good. And like that whole morning, I just caught up. I watched the four, like four episodes back to back, and I was like, this is so sick. So I, I just wanted to make that suggestion. Um, if you have yeah. time, you should definitely check it out because it's super fucking awesome. Yep, I'm down. I love that shit. That's like you're combining two of my favorite things into one thing. So that's fucking bomb. Okay. And uh, did you ever finish Naruto? Because I remember uh, it was like a while back. I sent you that that link to um, you know, so you could finish it. But I don't know if you ever did. No, I had to like, I had to restrain myself because this was like, this was like peak quarantine shitheadery where like I was just living on my couch and just binge watching TV. And I'm actually not somebody who ever really watches TV, mainly because like, it's the same reason I can't play video games is that I just have no self-control and I love shit so much Mm -hmm. to the point where like, I will cease to function as a regular person. So I have to like, actually like abstain from so many things. Um, so that link you sent me, I got, I think like maybe a couple seasons into it more. I had to stop for a minute too, because I also didn't realize when I was hitting filler seasons Okay. and like, like, yo, Naruto bomb anime. Like I know that it's like so pedestrian at this point, but whatever, I don't give a shit. It fucking rocks, but there's so much fucking filler half the time. And I'm like, Hey, I know you're trying to get more, but like, I really don't need to know the side story of this one fool with like, I don't know, a streak of pink in their hair. Like I want to get to the goods. Like there's so much good shit here that I don't want to waste like 14 seasons. So there'd be times where I'd be like, why am I watching like eight episodes into something that I don't give a shit about right now. And so I had to like stop. Cause I think I can't remember which one I think I, like, I stopped at something to do with like, uh, they're heading over to an island and there was some like fishing village involved and stuff or like a pirate ship. And I was like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm gone. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Cause I, I was uh, reading the, the, the chapters like through high school. Like, you know, I, I'd wait for like the one chapter to get translated and, like, ah! you know, and have to, you know, do it that way. And then like the anime was like so far behind. 
Um, but then yeah. there was a point where like I just kind of gave up on the anime because yeah, there was just so much filler and like you, you'd be curious like okay, I'm tuning in this week. Is it gonna you know, continue the actual story from like what I'm reading or is this just gonna be like random shit? Uh, but there are some good guides out there that will literally tell you like every episode like okay, like you know from like you know X to you know the next episode like this is all filler so you can skip that so it's like jump to this episode to get the main story which I think is really nice because you think about what uh, Naruto Shippuden's like 500 episodes and that's it's so. That's so much time, yeah. So to to be able to cut out like the fat and just you know get straight to it, like I, I think that's like super awesome because, like yeah, I I guess like it, like you know it's like some different stories are cool, but like it's just like not really that important. I, I want to see like yeah the like the awesome stuff, the stuff that I'm actually here for. Yeah, like some of the fillers I think were definitely worth watching, um, and I think some of them were pretty cool. But like yeah, I just remember there are other ones where like fuck, I can't remember um what's that one, but the kid who it was like the it had to do with um oh my god i can't remember what their names are i don't know it was just like a filler where like i had to do with a kid and it was the lady whose fucking jutsus were all like crystal based and stuff i just remember like there was three episodes in a row where it was just like focusing on the kid being on this kayak doing that like super saiyan anime yell for like three episodes and i was like oh my fucking god dude like what is this This is just so whack yeah no i, I told you guys it's like oh well, yeah it's like why are they doing yeah and it's just like maybe they, they you know took notes from dbz like oh like how can we stretch this like, you know, this one thing out you know uh like so many episodes when it could have gotten done in like maybe two minutes dude straight up we were i don't know why but i was legitimately talking about this exact issue with dragon ball z with a homie like two days ago where it's just like i couldn't remember anything about it and i was like oh you know like i remember like the villains and like some of the plot but i was like is it just me or was every episode just basically like goku dies someone goes super saiyan someone goes super super saiyan someone else dies someone else comes back to life fucking five hour long fighting segments and then it's a break and then just like the same shit i was like is that was that the entirety of the show and i think my friend was like yeah i think that's pretty much all that show is (laughs) yeah it's uh pretty much it but uh, you know what's crazy is um they even create uh, they even came out with like a, a a dbz series where it's just you know they they cut out all the fillers for you it's called like uh, dragon ball z kai so it's just you know, straight to the point and i'm just like thinking like yeah that, that that's so funny because obviously they probably saw like everybody just like you know talking crap about how it, it took goku like eight episodes just to power up to get to super saiyan oh, god yeah it was always like the same shit I like there's a part of it that I was like maybe I should rewatch this and then I was like I literally already know what's gonna happen so there's almost no point to watching this but maybe I will. Yeah, I, I, maybe it's because I was like younger and it, I was just like so into it, but it was just like something that I had to watch and like now like I'll see it and like, <laughs> I, I I watched Dragon Ball Super which was cool but it, it just never really got me like so hyped where I was like holy shit I gotta watch this it was like oh okay, cool like let me just watch this because it's Dragon Ball like related. Um, yeah. I remember, um, like, when we were kids, I had to spend, like, my summers and my winters down in Mexico. So, like, I'd be in, like, Mexico City. And I don't know if this was just, like, this is, like, a, like, brown kid thing or, like, what. But I just remember Dragon Ball Z was fucking everywhere. And every kid I knew was, like, beyond obsessed with it. And so, like, I feel like I almost got forced into, like, having to love it because it was, like, the only thing I could watch that was, like, on TV that wasn't, like, I don't know, some other show or, like, a fucking telenovela um but i remember like everyone was super into it when i was younger and now that i'm older i feel like a lot of my homies are like yeah it's fine it's okay i guess yeah no it's it's all right like i <laughs> my cousin so i i credit my cousin i actually call her um 
my anime cousin because she was like super into it and she was like uh i think she's like two or three years older than me so um, mm-hmm. she was able to you know get a job before all of us and then she like you know was spending money on buying all sorts of anime we used to have this store in the mall called um uh, suncoast and they ha- they had like a whole like you know it was like it was in the back corner it was like the anime section right next to the porn section which i thought was so funny because i was always like a curious little kid <laughs> like trying to look but not get caught but she would um she, she would be on top of it she would be buying like all sorts of anime so i got to watch like a bulk of uh, dragon ball z through her and i remember on toonami i'm um, here in america it only went up to the cell saga for the longest time and yeah. yeah and i was like that's so weird and then i would tell my friends at school i'm like oh this is what happens after the cell saga and nobody believed me because they're like oh like like you you haven't seen past it like that's not true but i was just like i have no reason to lie like my cousin has the vhs this was before dvd she had the vhs tapes and like, i would explain to him about like what majin boon stuff was and nobody believed me until oh. it finally like aired on tsunami and i was like oh this is crazy like it's cool that it's finally here but i was like already like way over it by then <laughs> you're fucking in it before everyone else that's so sick <laughs> yeah but it's all because of my cousin. She she put me onto it, and uh, like she would take me uh, to anime expo. Like I think I went to like four or five of them with her, which was pretty cool. Really like oh. interesting. I don't know if you've ever. Uh, do you take it that far? Do you go to like um like expos or conventions? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So I have a a lot of like my um my homies who aren't involved in the uh, in like music scene are like all, um, they actually like work in the animation industry or are like costume designers. So like I have homies like anime expos happening here that like for, you know, these are like the same people who like, they get paid so much fucking money to make cosplay costumes. So like, I'd actually like go over to the houses like a couple weeks before and help them like build shit that they were selling to a client. And then we'd go to the conventions themselves. And like, I always like kept like a couple hundred bucks with me because I was like, I'm going to buy as much Sailor Moon art as like humanly fucking possible. I'm going to go buy as many like little trinkets and like plushies and stuff as I humanly can. And then just like also seeing everybody like dressed up would be really cool. But like, I was never committed enough to like dress up myself just because I'm like, that's too much fucking work. Like, I don't care to that do that. But I love like, I straight up love that shit. It's so fun. And I'm like, especially like Vancouver's a very um, like, you know, tons of like that kind of shit happens so like any anime expo here is legitimately massive like it's a big fucking deal and like everyone's like walking all over the city and everyone's got some like bomb ass costumes or cosplays going on and it's like a whole usually be like a couple day affair too so just like for you know like four days you just have people being dressed up as like i don't know something fucking cool and just like hanging out at like starbucks or whatever it'd be pretty it's pretty fun i'm sad that we don't get to have that this year i haven't been able to go for a while too just because i'm busy with like a ton of other things but that's like that kind of nerdy shit i like live for <laughs> yeah no I, I totally get it like i was actually uh trying to go yeah because it, it's been a long time since i've been a, uh to anime expo out here because that's like the, the the local one to us it's like i'm in l it's like 30 minutes from where i live uh but yeah it's, it's been like a couple years i wanted to go check it out because obviously like i'm, I'm not like um, like super up to date. Like I, I watch like uh, My Hero Academia because that's like one of the biggest animes, and which is cool because um, it's like you know it was easy for me to get into. But then I'm just like kind of dabbling here and there. So I'm like I, I feel like I was like super into it, but now I'm, I'm just like a little more casual. But I still love it. So I, I was looking forward to trying to go this year. But yeah, it's definitely a bummer that it, it didn't happen. So I'm looking forward to it you know coming back at some point eventually, like in, in the near future. Yeah, dude, that shit's sick. I like I I really miss like not being able to go to those things or not having them. I'm like. Oh damn! I miss not seeing fucking these like all these fools being dressed up. Yes, like Dragon Ball Z characters or like twenty shitty Naruto's hanging around. Like miss those things. 
Okay, before we move on from anime, um, I, I have to ask you, what's your favorite anime? Oh, fuck. You know, I, like, that's a tough one, and, like, I, I hate to be this person, but, like, just true to my core, like, it has to be Sailor Moon. Okay. Just because, like, that's the one thing since I've been a legitimate, like, as, for as long as I can remember, like, the one thing I've loved more than anything, and, like, I used to, like, have all the little, like, mangas when I was a kid and stuff. Um, and it's so... It's funny because, like, I loved it as a kid, and then I reached a point where I was like, this is square shit. Like, who cares about this, like, Power of the Moon stuff? And, like, now as an adult, I'm, like, doubling down on it. I'm like, you know what? No. Fuck you. They're sparkly. They're tough as hell. Everything's about, like, love and compassion and friendship. Like, what is not to love here? I will fight anybody who opposes me on this. And, like, turns out I have a bunch of other people who are like, yeah, it's literally one of the greatest. Like, why would we ever Why would we ever disagree with that? <laughs> okay. Uh the last Sailor Moon that I watched was Sailor Moon Crystal, which was like, I okay. um, has there been a lot since then? Because I, I haven't kept up. Um. Well, so was Sailor Moon Crystal the remake of the first anime? Yeah. There was like the, yeah. So as far as I know, that's all that's been done. Um, because I know they gained a lot of traction. I haven't been able to really keep up since then. I have like I've been very casual with my love of them, but like I remember when that came out, like all of us were freaking the fuck out and trying to find like who's sharing their like Crunchyroll account so that we could fucking watch things sure. like, as soon as humanly possible. I was a huge uh, Sailor uh, Jupiter fan. I don't know why she just like I, I thought she was the one. Dude, she's my girl. That's like I love Sailor Jupiter, and I think I just liked her because like she I was like. She just had like super bomb, like big brown hair. And I was like, that's me. And like green was my favorite color when I was a kid. So I was like, yo, she's my fucking jam. It was like her and Sailor Venus were like my absolute favorite characters. Oh, actually, no, that's a lie. It was her and Sailor Saturn were my favorites. Okay, for sure. Hell yeah. It's cool. Damn. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm kind of stoked that, <laughs> I, that I brought up anime because I didn't know you were like super into it. I, I thought you were just, you know, you just like Naruto, but hearing that you're actually super into it, I, I think that's like pretty fucking cool. Oh, dude, this is, like, this is what I mean, like, this is, this was my secret shame for the longest time, like, because I just remember, like, getting clowned when I was younger, so I was just like, okay, if I want to be cool, I can't fucking tell people that I love this shit, but now that I'm older and, like, all my friends are saying all this shit that, that is legitimate nerdery, I'm like, oh, you're, like, all Dungeons and Dragons fucking nerds, or you, like, love this shit, like, okay, yeah, guess what, I love anime, it fucking rocks, and I still love it. Hell yeah. All right, so, going back to music, um, there's a new year band that came out um, uh, earlier this year, uh, Military Gun. They put out a, a record, My Life is Over. You're featured yeah. on one of the tracks. Can you talk about how you got onto that? Because I think it's um, you're pretty cool because obviously I, I know you're friends with um, Ian, but I, mm -hmm. I was just curious how um, you actually got approached for that. So Military Gun started like at the beginning of quarantine. So, um, you know, I just finished the Punitive Damage tour and it was lined up so that we were going to go do that um, string of shows in like Texas and in the south of um, like South by Southwest and like RGC and like all a bunch of other bands from the area. Um, and so like this was like when like day by day news was coming in. So like, you know, we're in the country and like we're getting um, we're like getting on the news that like Canadians need to come the fuck home. They're like, this is getting bad. You guys have to get back. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not listening to this. I have cool things to go to. Um, and so the like it was like the day before we were supposed to or no, it was a couple of days before we were supposed to leave that like everything started getting shut down. Everybody was going home. Like all the shows were canceled. Nobody was going. And I think we found out we were like we were coming out of a movie 
And that's when like we found out none of this shit was happening. And I was so fucking bummed out. And I was like, oh, all this for fucking nothing. Like, damn, this sucks. And then so I was in LA for a few more days. And I remember Ian and I were just like, I think we were watching like McGruber or something and like eating shitty snacks. And he's like, yo, you want to go to the jam space? And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And originally it was to like go over some other things for RJC. And then it was just like, you know, like we were fucking around. Like, what do you think of this riff? I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. What if we did this? And then so we just started like recording shit on like an iPhone and like just coming up with stuff on the spot. So it was like originally started out of just like, let's do something on like, I can't remember what day it was, but it was afternoon. Let's go get coffee and let's just go write some cool stuff. And then, you know, from there, Ian was able to like launch off all these like super sick ideas. Um, And so it was like, it was fun just like, it's fun seeing where it is right now and like seeing how much he's been able to do with it and just like hearing all of his really great ideas and being like, yeah, I just remember we were watching like the Code Orange um, live stream like the night before we were doing this. Like, I just remember like all the small intricacies with it, which was really like, that's one of my favorite things. I'm sad that like, I can't even be in the same city as him to like do more stuff with Military Gun, um, you know, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. And to me, it's just like, it's funny because I just like, all the little background details with it are like my favorite memories of military gun. And did you record those vocals before you went back home or did you just record them when after you went home and just sent them over? So we demoed them. Uh, we like demo the whole thing or we demo those songs when I was there. And then when he started doing better recordings, I just got my brother to like meet me at my jam space and I just recorded them up here and then sent them over to him. And then he'd be like, you did this wrong. And I'd be like, all right, let's fucking do it again. Uh, which is like my first experience ever doing that, like not being in the same room as like my bandmates to like give me on the spot feedback. And then like having to like do that it was like, it was really weird. It was actually like a very alien feeling to me. And you guys uh, didn't want to go on like FaceTime while you're doing it to, to kind of do it that way to so do it in real time or that just, I can't like- remember what I think it was like, I tried calling him and I can't remember if he was like sleeping or some shit. <laughs> Cause I remember being like, oh, I don't actually know what was happening. So I tried hitting him up and he like, yeah, he wasn't able to pick up the phone for whatever reason. And I was like, I guess we're going live. We're just going to figure this out. Yeah. It's a trial and error. You'll eventually get done. Yeah. <laughs> and when like, yeah, and there was only like one time where he's just like, you should probably just retry this. And I'd be like, okay, let's go. And like my, you know, my practice space is like a 10 minute walk from my house. So it's like also no skin off my back to be like, all right, cool. Do that in like an hour. Yeah. That, that's pretty convenient. You don't have to like drive across town and you know, it like be some sort of chore. No, 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 no. I'm like, I live in a good spot in the city. So like, yeah, my jam space, I literally just walk down the same road for 15 minutes and I'm there. Okay. So I, I kind of want to skip to RJC. You guys did a full US tour, which I think is uh, pretty interesting because that's not too common these days. Well, obviously, I'm not talking about like right now, obviously, but before um, the pandemic, uh, it wasn't super common for, for a band to do a full US tour just because uh, I feel like things were leaning more towards uh, regional stuff or just t- mm-hmm. trying to tie things around like faster like that instead of doing like, you know, uh, weeks on end going across like the entire country. So can you talk about what the thought process was to actually do a full US tour and like what it was like for you guys to hit the road and play with a bunch of different bands in a bunch of different cities? Um. I remember I would, it, Ian just hit me up and he's like, yo, you want to do a full US tour? And I was like, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
And it actually worked out well because I was at this job that was like the most miserable shit I'd ever been in my life. And I needed a reason to leave. Mm-hmm. And so this was like my prime opportunity to be like, I'm going to be fucking gone for six weeks going to play music with my friends like that. There's literally no better thing I would ever want to do. Um, it was really cool. I never foresaw that being something I was ever going to do. Like I'm so used to things being like West Coast, East Coast, maybe Southern US, maybe Europe or Japan, maybe Indonesia. So like, it was, it was very daunting because was like, yo, this is a long fucking time. But it's funny, like, when you're actually in it, it, like, everything just, like, blurs together. And then, like, it just becomes your reality. You're like, this is my life. I live in a van with three other dudes. Uh, we all smell bad. We're all pretty tired. We're all eating Burger King all the time. And it low-key kind of sucks. But this is also some of the best moments of my life. And I literally would never change that for anything. And, like, getting to see our friends and, like, you know, especially, like, me i'm you know like i don't live in the u.s right so like being able to see people that i wouldn't have normally had a chance to meet is like just also really nice to have i i I loved it it was definitely super long but i'm also just like yeah this is fucking sick but literally what else am i gonna do with my time like there's nothing that interests me more than doing exactly that and you guys going across that door was it all booked by you guys because i feel like that's pretty awesome if you guys did that i believe it was ian yeah like so like ian is obviously like the super brains behind rjc so Mm -hmm. he like did everything like i didn't have i legitimately just showed up and like knew my parts and i was like let's fucking go yeah he like i i think took care of everything that's so crazy i damn and how long were you guys out on the road for exactly six weeks i think damn six weeks that's so insane i I, I I get homesick, which is like sounds so stupid, but like I'll go on like vacation. Like I was just on vacation like uh, last weekend, uh, mm-hmm. no, two weekends ago, excuse me, and I was gone for like I think like maybe like five days, and like day one, like I I remember just laying in um like the the resort I was staying in. I was laying in bed and I was thinking like fuck. I was like, I just want to be home. I, I kind of got my fix for like, you know, the travel. I hate travel. Like, like traveling's fun, but I hate like getting on an airplane and sitting and just not doing anything. I feel like I'm just wasting time, and I like, I, I just you know try to sleep through it. Um, so that that's like the worst part of traveling is actually just like being on an airplane. But like, I you know got to uh, Florida, saw my friends, we hung out, we, we had like an awesome day, and like mm-hmm. yeah, like I found myself laying there, like you know, going to bed, and I was like, God, I was like, I'm good, like I, I'm I'm ready to go home if the if the trip was like you know done like tomorrow morning i'd be totally fine but like i literally had like four more days and i was like damn i don't know how i'm gonna do this and <laughs> and it's, it's just weird because like when i'm in it i'm so, I'm just like you know like i like low-key kind of like stress myself out because i'm like shit like I, I miss home i miss my computer like like I, I gotta you know take care of these things that are like you know coming up um but then like the second i get home i'm like fuck i wish i was in that bed in that resort with my friends just down the hall you know so it's just like yeah i i, I just like have trouble trying to like uh like try to like really like prioritize the things that i should enjoy in real time because like i'm always like you know stressing myself out over all these other things that i have just kind of like on the back burner that are like slowly like you know coming up so mm-hmm. i so being gone, interesting. yeah but just, yeah so I, I can't even imagine me being gone for like six weeks that, that that's so crazy because like I, i've been on one tour in my life and i was like a merch guy and like that was like super fun but it, it was like and like we didn't even it wasn't even like that hard of a tour like well, I, I just did like all of like southern california like arizona nevada and like um, and I think that's it. Yeah, that was it. It was just like a week and I was just like, so like over, it. I was like, like you guys are cool. Like it's, it's nice being around you guys, you know, setting up the merch, meeting random hardcore kids is cool. Seeing these awesome bands every night. But I was just like, yeah, I, was like, I think I'm ready to go home. Yeah. That's like, I, 
actually so interesting for me to hear because I do not get homesickness at all. Like I have a, I have the opposite where I don't want to be home. And it's not because like, I don't love where like I live. Like I have a cool house. I have like, like lots of homies here. I live in like one of the most beautiful places on the entire planet. And I'm always like, yo, I cannot wait to get the fuck out of here and like go do something else. Like getting on a plane, going to a new place, being in like a bunch of different places is like the, like my ideal good time. So like, this is also kind of what I love about playing in RJC and like having a lot of uh, music that's like based in the US is just like, it gives me an excuse to get the fuck out of here and just be like, yeah, I'm going to go play in all these different places. Like, am I going to fly over to the East coast for like three days? Yeah. hundred percent. I'm going to do it. Am I going to be gone for a super long period of time? Let's go. I like, we came back from the full US tour and after three days of being home, I was like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here again. And so like your, your life back home, like when you leave, you just have to put everything on pause. Like, are there, you know, do you ever like fear, like, you know, um, obviously you're on the road all the time. You have friends, family back home, uh, relationships with them. Do they ever like, you know, do you ever fear about them like deteriorating or missing out on things? Cause there's always like that, you know, that FOMO that happens with certain things Does that ever happened to you. Or are you just like, fuck it. I, I, this is where I want to be. I'm enjoying like, you know, the position that I'm in. Yeah. I'm definitely of the fuck it mentality. And like, but, but what is really cool about that though is that all of my best friends all of my like all of my like super close relationships here like they're all musicians and more than anything like i think what makes it great is that they're all really excited for me because like the thing is it's like vancouver being a band in canada and being a band based out of vancouver is kind of a hard fucking deal because you are we don't have as many major cities as you guys like and any of the major cities that we do have it's a it's a bit of a trek to get anywhere, right? Like I would say the next major city to Vancouver would be Calgary and that's 10 hours through the mountains, right? Like we don't have that luxury of like being spanned out. So, you know, when you're a band based out of here, it's hard to really do much of anything if you want to be a band that wants to do stuff. And so my friends who are all in bands like that, when I'm like, sorry, I can't like hang out or I can't come to your birthday because I'm going to be out like playing these shows. Like I've never been hit with like any animosity. They're all just like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I would do the exact same thing if I could like go have fun. And like, I feel very lucky in that sense. Cause like I've surrounded myself with people who get it. So it's never been like salty. Like there's, ne- I've never had an issue with that before. Uh, my mom fucking hates it, but she's also like, she's got two kids who are musicians like my brother, he went for a full US tour for like, yeah, it was like six or seven weeks for Super Crush, was back for a day and a half. And then I left for the RJC full US tour. So like our mom was like mad as fuck that she only got to see like her kids this one time out of like the span of almost three months or so. But like, she's used to it. Everyone I know gets it. Everyone I know is super supportive of it. And like, I'm, I'm very lucky for that, thankfully. And I'm always, uh, you know, fascinated by uh hardcore and like music in other countries and obviously like you know canada is like not that far away but y- you mentioned how i'm um, you know y- if you guys are doing a band from vancouver you have to go other places to try to do stuff is, is there like do you think ever in the future there would be like a chance to like slowly build things up in like you know your area and then like have it just kind of like spiderweb out to where you could have like a you know active band and do like canadian tours and not just have to come down to like you know the united states or go to to like other countries well so i mean yes and no so like i say this about vancouver and this isn't to say that like we are not a musically inclined city because we most certainly are like we have like 
pre-pandemic, like we had a bumping scene, like mm-hmm. we had good promoters, we had a lot of shit happening here. So, and what's cool is that like Vancouver rides for Vancouver bands. So like, you know, new bands are always cropping up and like, we're all here for it. And we're all like supportive of it. And like, even when we have bands coming in from out of town, we're like, yo, we don't want people to think that coming to Vancouver sucks. So we need to go the fuck off for these bands. So like, we're very lucky. Like Vancouver is a super good city. Calgary is a super good city. Toronto is a good city. Montreal is a good city. I think just like you guys have the luxury of having so many major cities so close to you. Like I got to like, so like yeah like i'll go to la and people will be like oh my god we're gonna do this long ass drive and i was like how long is the drive they're like we gotta do three hours to this next city and i'd be like you fucking cry babies have no idea what a long drive is so like when people are like we're going from la to like phoenix and like what is that that's like a seven hour drive maybe uh, just, uh, probably like, yeah like six or seven yeah six or seven hours we like calgary yeah calgary's through the mountains 11 hours if you're like not making any stops and then you have Winnipeg, which is like even further the fuck out. So like when people are like belly aching about this, I'm like, you guys are such fucking babies. And like, I don't think people recognize how lucky they are to have that kind of clustering. The only thing, like we do have smaller cities. So like, you know, if you go over to the islands, you take a ferry over and it's like an hour away from the city of Vancouver, you have Victoria, which has like a very bump and punk scene. And like, I would say that our music scene is very cohesive in that like, yeah, you have hardcore shows, but like most of the time your hardcore shows are also playing with like, um, you're playing with like punk bands, you're playing with like metal bands and stuff. Like it's a very mixed bill a lot of the time. And like, I think that's also kind of what makes us so sick is that we just have these bigger turnouts because everybody's just like, yo, I think this band's fucking sick. Like, let's play this. Um, and it's the same over in Victoria. You've got like Kamloops, you've got Kelowna, which is also a really good city for that stuff too. So it's there. It's just like, you guys just have more people, right? So it's easier for you guys to have those bigger clusters where it's like, we just have these gigantic fucking land masses getting in our way. And just like, it's a big territory too. Like, you know, from one side to the other, like going to the mountains, like you're driving for maybe four or five days, at least like actively driving hella far so you guys have the luxury of having like so many densely populated cities close to you and i also feel like east coast of canada is similar to like east coast u.s where like those cities are even closer to one another so like you have like montreal toronto ottawa and like a couple smaller cities so i've like vancouver i think people just kind of underestimate canada and i think people just dismiss canada and i get it like the u.s is a big fucking place and you guys have a lot but i think Sometimes people kind of see us as just like, like legitimately trailer park boys. And it's like, oh, okay, well, hold on. Like, yes and no, <laughs> we, we do have a lot going up here. You just have to make the effort to look in that direction. hundred percent. And I feel like that's why like, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to, um, you know, make friends with uh, like Spencer from Scoped Exposure and just uh, supporting everything that he's done. And, uh, you know, just slowly just trying to um, figure out like what's going on in Canada. Because uh, uh, there are like a ton of awesome bands. Because even growing up, like I, I loved, uh, you know, Figure Four, Comeback Kid, and uh, Grave Maker. Yeah. Uh, so it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's like, like those bands are um, super awesome. And, like, uh, you know, music still holds up to this day. So it's just like, yeah, like Canada's literally um, not that far away. It's just like, a, it's like just a different country. But people need to recognize that there are like really good bands that come from there. And there's like really awesome scenes, but people just have to. Uh, you know, just pay attention and it, it's cool. Like, obviously, yeah, like, um, hardcore in the States is, is awesome, but there's like other awesome scenes, like, you know, across the world, not just here in the United States. 
Yeah. And I think that just like, and you know, like no, no diss to Americans, but like, that's also to me, just like a very American thing is just to be very American centric. You're like, this is what's in my backyard. And that's all I really need to care about. And it's like, fair, you got a massive fucking backyard with a ton of things there. So I don't blame people for really having that mentality, but I do like having those opportunities where people come up to Canada and they're like, yeah, that's kind of bomb. And I'd be like, yeah, no shit. We're the fucking shit. And it's like super easy for bands. Well, actually, maybe I shouldn't say that. Most of the time, it's fairly easy for you guys to come, for Americans to come into Canada. Because you just got to hand in like some paperwork to the border. And they're like, okay, are you playing a band? Cool. Where's the show at? Okay, bye. Whereas for us, like, it's like cross-examination. I'm being fucking put on a terrorist list for even like looking at a guitar in America without a visa. That's crazy. And have you ever had any trouble coming over to the States to do tours? Thankfully, no. And I think it's because this is where I definitely play up being uh, like, I would, I, I feel like I blend in as a tourist very well. Okay. So like, I can never mention anything about playing in bands. Like I do everything to fucking cleanse my existence before I even get anywhere near the border. And then most of the time I just say like, I'm hanging out with homies and it's no issue. Uh-huh. And uh, you don't travel with your equipment. You just have stuff ready. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not in a million years. Right. American border guards are fucking well, I I feel like I shouldn't really say this. Like I know everyone probably knows this, but like legitimately the biggest group of assholes I have ever met in my entire fucking life. Worst group of people. Okay. I I've only been to Mexico, like outside of the, like the United States, so and that's not even that big of a deal because, like, you know, living here in Southern California, going to Mexico is just like, oh, you've been to Mexico. That's cool. That's not like super like amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that was back when, like, uh, and I, I have been to Mexico. I, it's been a long time since I've been back when I have gone multiple times. Like, we were able to, you know, cross the border freely. Like, we didn't even need to show any, like, you know, we didn't even have to have a passport. Like, now you do. Like, before, like, I, I used to just go as like a kid. Um, and like, we'd go to like random shows in like Tijuana and stuff. But it's been a long time since I've been down there. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, American border guards are fucking dickheads. And, like, they're dickheads to everybody who isn't an American. And I would even say they're dickheads to anybody who isn't the right kind of American, quote, unquote. But, like, I've gone to the border and, like, had people legitimately ask me, like, you know, they'll just ask stupid questions being like, how you know Americans? And I'm like, how am I going to know people that we share the largest fucking land border with from, like, a 40 minutes south of where i live like yeah what a fucking shock i've had border guards legitimately ask me if i'm like a groupie saying that i'm gonna go hang out with other peoples and stuff just like the wildest shit but like what am i gonna say i can't be a dickhead to them because i'm like yo i'm ultimately trying to get in and give you guys my stupid money so mm-hmm. sure officer dickhead like yeah i'm fucking groupie like is that what you want to hear like let's go i was actually supposed to go to canada for the first time uh this year uh, shout out to Jay Breen and everybody over at Wild Rose. I, I had plans. I was gonna, I was actually going to stay w- with Spencer. He was going to be you know kind enough to to house me and one of my friends uh, for that whole weekend. But then like hearing that it got canceled, it was such a bummer because I was like, damn, like now I can uh, now I have to put that on pause. And who knows when I'll make it back or make it to Canada for the first time. Yeah, Wild Rose being canceled was legitimately the most devastating shit to me. Like, I was, yeah, like, so I'm from Calgary, and, like, I have so many, like, those are all, like, my homies and stuff, so it was, like, so nice, like, getting to have so many of my friends come into my neighborhood in my backyard, and I was like, oh, my fucking God, like, this is the dream, and then the planet had to fucking explode, and I was like, oh, great, of course this had to happen. Yeah, I was looking forward to trying a, a Donair for the first time. 
Oh my god, I keep forgetting that you guys don't know what a doner is. No, it's just it's a it's a what do you guys call them? Euros, gyros, euros. Yeah, euros. Yeah, it's literally the exact same thing with like a different sauce. I, I saw it because I, I follow um, uh, Maddie Matheson on YouTube, and I it was like, this episode he he, he um, was um, out and he was eating uh, donaires, and I'm like, what the hell is a donaire? So like, I like texted like some of my friends um, from Canada. I'm like, do you guys know what a donaire is? And they like were like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yes, of course we know what a donaire is. Like, they were surprised that I didn't know what it was, and I, I was like, just you know, super interested in it because like, I I'm like just so fascinated by food in general. So like, I, I that's like what I mainly watch on YouTube is like food stuff. So but when I found out about that, I was just like so curious because I, I was like, how am I like literally like 30 years old and I've never heard of this like food item before? It was so strange to me. Yeah, I love the, my actually my favorite thing is fucking with Americans and feeding them lies about canada to trip them up and one of my favorite ones is um there's a really popular canadian like street food it's called a beaver tail it's basically like a gigantic flat churl that's literally what it is but okay. they're called beaver tails because of the way that they're pressed and they mm -hmm. look um and i tell people that it's a felony to eat uh it's a yeah it's a felony to eat a beaver tail in canada because they're on our currency and it's a protected animal and people are like, people don't fucking eat beaver tails. And I'll like send them screenshots of like places on their menu where they're like beaver tail covered in like cinnamon and sugar and like drizzles of chocolate. And they'd be like, where the fuck would anybody want to eat this? I'm like, it's a super common street food. You have it in like the fall. Sometimes you get like berries drizzled on it. They'll just hand it to you between pieces of newspaper. And like, it'll blow people's mind. Cause I know they're not gonna like look it up and be like, wait, this is a giant waffle. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Um, so that's like one of my favorite things to do. But yeah, Donaire's fucking rock. That's like my bread and butter when I was a kid. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious, I, I follow you on Twitter and uh, from time to time you'll post stuff that you bake. And I'm just curious like how you got into that. Cause I, I think it's pretty cool. Like whenever I, I follow friends and um, if they post, uh, you know, like like food content, them making dinner or whatever, or seeing you post like baking stuff. I'm, I'm always curious, like, you know, like what the process is or like, you know, how you got into that. So if you can just speak about that. Oh, dude. Uh, it's like, like my other super Punisher things. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I like baking has like, yeah, baking has always been one of my favorite things to do, like since I was younger. Um, but I don't actually like eating baked goods all that much. I love making them and it is the most fun. But like by the time I'm done with it, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm done with this. Like, who, like I'll make shit and then I'll like hit up my friends and be like, yo, you want like hella cookies or do you want like, um, <laughs> or do you want like pie or something that I'll drop off like entire cakes at friends' house? Um, I don't know. It's like, it's just a really, my favorite thing about it is just, you are just so hands-on with something that like, you can't be on your phone. You can't be looking at social media and stuff. Like you're just completely distracted building this one thing. And like baking is a very scientific process, which I also really enjoy. So in its own way, it's a lot of problem solving. Cause like all the baking I do is vegan. Cause I've been vegan for a super long time. And no diss, there's a lot of shitty vegan pastries out there. Like I was talking to my homies about, you know, there was that point in veganism where like everything was fucking banana based. So it'd be like, I made these cookies made out of bananas. I made this fucking muffin made out of bananas. I made this like yogurt made out of bananas. Like everything was fucking banana based and I hate bananas. Uh, and so like, I like being able to have shit that I can't usually have. And like, I don't like waiting around for those things to come up to me. So like, I like making a lot of like Mexican foods and like Mexican pastries and we don't have Mexicans in Canada and we sure shit don't have Mexican pastries. We also sure shit don't have vegan Mexican pastries. So I'd like, to me, it's like, cool, I'm going to solve this problem so I can have this thing and like waste four hours of my time doing something or another. It's like a very bizarre thing, but that's like, 
I would say like one of the things that like brings me the most amount of joy. And I feel like such a punisher when I'm just like hitting on my friends being like, yeah, I just made the most perfect pie crust. Cause I'm like, nobody gives a shit except me. Like I like watch all these like tutorials and like videos and like people, I legitimately, there was one night where I couldn't fall asleep because I had spent, I was up at 2 AM watching the anatomy of a perfect cookie. And it was like a 40 minute video explaining what makes a perfect cookie. And they were bringing it down to like the, the fat distribution and like the golden edges, just like the lamest shit. But I was like, so into it. I was like, Oh my fucking God, I need to know this. That sounds really interesting. I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah, I, I've never thought about a cookie on like a technical aspect. So <laughs> you mentioned that I, I, I definitely want to check that out. Uh, okay. It's fu- it's fucking boring. Like I've like rewatched it again, and I don't know if I was like just delirious with exhaustion or like my brain turned to goo because of the quarantine. But I was just like, oh my god, yeah, the chocolate chip distribution of those fucking cookies is really something else right now. <laughs> you you posted this uh, this I, I was like some sort of chocolate cake like not too long ago. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I think it had like it looked like peanut butter cups on top. Yeah. <laughs> I, so what's also been kind of sick is that my homies will just pay me to make shit for them. And I'm like, I would literally make it for them if they asked me, but people want to give me money. Like that's also fire. Yeah. I had a friend, um, his brother was having a sobriety anniversary. So they wanted to surprise him with something cool. So he's just like, I was going to try to make brownies, but I suck shit at baking stuff. Like, would you want to do this? And I was like, hell yeah. And like, I'm also somebody who like, I like to say like I, I like to say something casually but i love to really over deliver on stuff so like to him he thought he was just getting some basic ass cake and i'm just like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna make fucking peanut butter cups and then i'm gonna cover them in bronze dust and i'm gonna figure out how to pipe and i'm gonna make sure that i did all of this right and i'm gonna test like four different recipes for like frosting and stuff just like dumb bullshit when i could be learning a way better skill but like i just yeah like i just really get into it so you made those peanut butter cups <laughs> I did. That was actually one of the first vegan treats I learned how to make. Okay. Um, there was like no vegan shit and, um, there's no vegan shit. And so there was like a tutorial on how to make like vegan peanut butter cups. And you have to use those like really tiny little cupcake liners because okay. that's what makes a normal size peanut butter cup. But I didn't have that. So I had jumbo fucking muffin tin liner. So I was making these hockey pucks and passing them off at peanut butter cups. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw that picture and I was like, dang, this thing looks like super professional, like something like super fancy. So I was like, damn, that, that, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. I like also am one of those people where like uh, making cakes is I'm legitimately terrible at it and I hate being bad at shit. And I'm one of those people who are like, yo, I can't be bad at this anymore. I have to get better. I have to find a way to be better at this. So like I've got decorating into cakes just so I can have that personal satisfaction of being like, I fucking did it. Yeah, no, it was super awesome. And I, I think it was, uh, you, you posted like a pecan pie, but then like after that you posted, I think it was like a pumpkin pie. Yes. Yeah. For, it was, uh, it was um, Thanksgiving up in Canada. Okay. And, um, but like the little like floral, like it was like, it was like this, uh, the floral crust, like on top. I, I had that. I was like, damn, that looks like super awesome. I, I, I was like, I was like, that looks so cool. I want to try some of that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty pumped. It was, um, yeah, I found a I found a new recipe for a pie crust and I was like, yo, let's fucking go. And making pies is also something or pie crust specifically was something that I was really bad at. So I was like, I can't live with myself being bad at this anymore. So I legitimately, I kid you not, spent like two hours watching 
YouTube tutorials on how people made different pie crusts. And I was like taking notes and being like, all right, they fucking did this. Like they keep the shit in the freezer. They sub this out. Like, I really wish I applied this kind of nerd buffoonery to like something way cooler instead of being like, what is the perfect pie crust? What is the perfect frosting? I think it's a good skill to have to be able to, you know, make good food. So I don't think it's that much of a waste. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it brings me a lot of satisfaction. It's just like, to me, sometimes I just hear myself talking and I'm like, you're so fucking embarrassing stuff. Like, why can't you just be into something cooler? <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when people nerd out on, you know, about whatever they're into, because obviously um, there's just so many different things to be into. So whenever I see somebody you know get into it, like, you know, hearing you getting like super into, uh, you know, the cookie and the pie crust. I, I think that's like super awesome. Cause it's like, obviously uh, the stuff that you post looks like really awesome. It's not like, you know, like weird stuff. So I'm like, like that's the content that I like. So I'm like, all right, that's like super awesome to see. So it's, it's cool that you're actually learning and you know doing cool stuff with it. Thank you. Yeah. It's cool. And like, I get to make money off of it. So like, that's also pretty mom itself. Like whenever I make like donuts and stuff, I fucking sell the fuck out almost immediately, which is really cool. Yo, I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't even going to mention that because I totally forgot. But um, you, I, I think you post like it's like sour cream donuts or what kind of sour cream glaze. Yes. Yeah. What does that even taste like? Because that just sounds so like interesting to me because like I've, I've never had a sour sour cream glaze donut. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I never had them really either. Okay. Um, and so I had to like I had a friend who was like, "Yo, I will pay you top dollar if you can make me a vegan sour cream donut." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got that." And I legitimately would like hit up my friends and be like what the fuck is a sour cream donut? One of my homies is actually sitting here right now. And I remember her being like, yo, what the fuck is this? She had to like break it down for me. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it's a type of cake donut. Okay. That has like a little bit of like nutmeg into it. And like, I, it's like the kind of shit that you would get like a country fair and stuff, right? Like you get them at like outdoor markets. It's like a Tim Hortons specialty. Is that an American? This is an American, yeah. Tim Hortons makes the best sour cream glazed donuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> my homie's here she's the one who helped me like solve this mystery um yeah it is also like a very canadian thing i have since learned okay. um but yeah so it's like a type of cake donut that's like very light and like very specific in how you make it so like i make yeast donuts so i had to like do a bunch of trial error like trial and errors to like even get it right um and i was like my one the person who like was paying a ton of money for this so i was like this can't possibly be good like this is so fucking stupid and then i ate it and i was like some bitch just rocks <laughs> yeah no the, the pictures you post um, i'm always like so curious so yeah i, I definitely gotta try uh, a sour cream donut at some point i've never been to tim hortons uh you know, i'm here in southern california so i'm always curious because I, I i see because i i watch like some canadian youtubers and they'll go to tim <laughs> hortons and talk about how good the coffee is and i'm always just like so curious i'm like i wonder if it's really that good it's really not it's fucking terrible coffee it's, it's like awesome. it's yeah it's actual hot trash water a lot of the time i would say that like mcdonald's has better coffee i would argue that because i think mcdonald's has the um old tim hortons coffee it has the old tim hortons coffee so tim hortons actually used to be a fucking bomb establishment because they had like an in-house bakery and they made a lot of their shit there and then they got bought out by like some shitty company so like they're like tim hortons is synonymous with garbage at this point but their coffee used to be really good but yeah so the person who or the company that supplied Tim Hortons coffee, mm -hmm. uh, now supplies McDonald's coffee in Canada. So I just go like, if I have to have fast food coffee, I'll be like, yeah, McDonald's coffee, kind of fucking sick. Uh, speaking of McDonald's, uh, I had a buddy. Uh, he he told me that McDonald's in Canada has vegan fries. Is that true? Yes. 
That's so insane because they don't offer that down here, which I'm so curious about. Yeah, that would that would kind of fuck me up a little bit because I'd be like McDonald's fries and people would be like, that's not vegan. And I'd be like, isn't it? And then I'd be like, oh, fuck, did I fuck up? Like, did I like accidentally convince myself that this was totally <laughs> the case? But yeah, I know that like a lot of shit is different up here versus down there. Mm-hmm. Like I remember for the longest time, like Kit Kats, dark chocolate Kit Kats used to be vegan up here. And I think like now it switched over to like the American supplier or something because now they're not anymore, which is bullshit. Okay, damn. All right, I, I w- want to move on to um, punitive damage. There, yeah. there was a Pacific Northwest tour 2020, and mm-hmm. I, I thought that lineup was so awesome. I, I remember what when I saw the the, the flyer, I hit up Malachi. Cause I was like, yo, I was like, how can I go up there and be with you on this tour? Cause like at, at the time I, uh, well, still I have never seen change, but I think change is fucking amazing. Like that record that they just put out, I think it's perfect front to back. Um, shout mm-hmm. out, uh, Berthold city from down here and obviously mm-hmm. scowl's awesome. And then you guys, and I was just like, I, I wanted to go on it so bad. And I can, and, and normally I, I don't like to you know, ask this. I mean, I'm not even that close with Malachi. Like, like we're him and I are, are friends, but at the time, like I, I barely even talked to him. So I just hit him up, but like, um, he, he uh, told me there there was just like no room which I, I totally understood but i was like damn and i was so bummed because just seeing like those bands on those three dates I, I think it just would have been like so sick um so can you talk about like what that um whole weekend was like yeah that was uh that whole trip was so fucking sick so like um you know i'd like only known malachi a little bit but, but like we were kind of joking being like huh pd scout tour unless and then we were eventually like yo let's just fucking do it like let's just go and like i love scout i love all of the people that are in there so it was like super exciting and like they did so much of the work for us because we were like half of us are in canada we can't bring our shit down because we you know like we don't have fucking visas so like this isn't exactly legal um and they're like don't worry we'll just drive up from southern california with all the gear and just come pick you up and we're like this is so beyond being nice and helpful right now like we're so lucky to have you guys um all of those shows were great all of those shows were super fun like those guys are just all really nice touring with scala was like such a dream we had our friend um our friend ravi who plays in juice that's from vancouver he got to fill in guitar with us and like he was such a dream to have on um that van was so beyond fucking full mm-hmm. it was insanity we thought we were good but there was this one seat that was like it was like one of those gigantic passenger vans but there was this one seat that was like weirdly in the middle and fucked with our ability to actually properly stack stuff that um it was like yeah it just became so uncomfortably full so like you'd have like the benches and then you'd have this just like one seat in the back and we would just call it banishing the person to solitary confinement because they they would just like you couldn't even see them there was so much shit piled up everywhere um it's actually really funny when we were in portland we had finished playing our show and we were like, it was super late and we were trying to get to people's houses and Ravi was um, in the very back and we're like, okay, this is like one of the houses that we're staying at. So you're staying here. So just get out of the van. And there was like this weird thing with the, um, the headrest where as he was trying to like climb over to get to the door, his belt loop got caught onto like a weird hook on the headrest and, and like somehow managed to flip himself over and was just, hanging so precariously like he could not get him out of this himself out of the situation he's just like upside down one of his feet are like against the window and the other one's like caught behind some other shit and we're terrible people because instead of helping him we were just absolutely losing our fucking minds and just recording him being stuck trying to get out there's like 
well, I think there's like seven of us and all seven of us are just like pointing a flashlight at him, recording him laughing. It's like 2 a.m. So we're also just like crazy with exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember, I think like myself and Kristen were like at the point of throwing up. We were laughing so hard. And Ravi was just like, how many fucking flashlights do you need to get me out of here? And it was just like absolute mayhem. Like those people are so much fun to be around with. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, trying to climb out and then just somehow you end up flipping because your belt got caught on some weird thing. And uh, on top of being in a crammed van back there and just not being able to get out. Yeah, I, I think um, seeing that would have just been just so funny to see because like you think about that, like you're just climbing over. Like, how the hell did you end up like upside down in your foot, you know, up against the window? You literally have no idea how it fucking happens. Like, I still regularly if I'm having a bad day, I will regularly watch this video of my friend being in distress and none of us helping him. <laughs> That's and awesome. it's the funniest fucking thing. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, you guys uh, work with a uh, uh, Convulse Records. Yeah. So when we put out that, um, we put out the release, and we were just like, we didn't. I don't like. None of us were really interested in being like shopping around with labels and being like, oh my god, put us out, please. Like, here's mm-hmm. how we're good. We're just like, fuck it. We're really excited with this. Like, let's just put out this shit. And Convulse had tried to hit us up before. Um, but we, I can't remember why we weren't able to hit them back. I think they wanted to do something and we were like, oh, well we can't. And then like, it was like a day after we released our stuff. He was just like, yeah, so I think your band's bombed. Like, do you want to do stuff? And we were like, oh, the planet's blowing up right now. Like, are you sure you want to put out a seven inch? And he's just like, yeah, I think your band's sick. Like, I don't care. Like, let's fucking go for it. Um, Adam who runs Convulse has been like one of my favorite people. I feel like I've ever worked with like he's been so cool with every idea that we've ever had he's been like legitimately psyched and supportive of us when um we wanted to do like that run of shirts for like um Black Lives Matter so like we could have those proceeds going towards different organizations we were like maybe we could do a fundraising shirt and like maybe if we like say that we're gonna pay ourselves or something like whatever makes it easier and when we brought this idea to him he was just like yeah that's a great idea and we're like do you want us to pay for anything he's like nope we'll leave the cost i think this is a cool idea like let's fucking go and we were like are you sure he said yeah i think you guys are cool i know you guys aren't dickheads so like let's do it and he's just been great with everything yeah convulse is awesome oh yeah that's super sick and um it it was a a definitely like an interesting time for you guys to um put out the um latest record uh obviously that was like right when like um the, the lockdowns were like you know taking place and things were getting like you know actually serious here in the states um oh yeah was that date um always like set for you guys to put the record out or were you guys uh, you know waiting around um sorry my friend is trying to open my door right now could you repeat that one more time <laughs> no it's totally fine it's totally fine no I'm, i i was curious about i'm um, obviously uh, at, at that time the the lockdowns um had just got more serious um you know on this side of the planet and uh, you guys had that release date of march 17th and i was curious like was that always the date set in mind for you guys to put that out Kind of. Yeah. Like our plan was just, we were going to release it after our tour because at first we we're like, Oh, let's release it beforehand. But then, um, you know, a couple of homies were like, why don't you just go on tour and release it afterwards? Cause then like once people get to know you, then you can like have something to show others. And we're like, Oh, that makes sense. This is where I like, I'll fully admit to my amateur hourness and that like the marketing behind Peter to damage was very much like on the fly. We were just like, I don't know let's just fucking do this. Whereas like, I know like, you know, my other band, my other friends who have these other bands have like their assets set up for like Twitter and Instagram and like other places and have these cool plans set in place. And I'm just like, Oh, that's a smart thing to do. Whereas we're just being jackasses. And we're like, I don't fucking know. Like here it is very loosely planned, very not well planned at at all. (laughs) Yeah. 
to be fair, I, I'm kind of the same way. Cause like for, for me, when I uh, pr- promote the podcast, I'll, I'll just, you know, throw it up the day of, and I don't even ask like the people that I have on to promote it. Um, I always just leave it up to them. Cause I, cause I always feel weird. Like, Hey, can you post this? And I, I just never want to ask anybody to do that. I feel like it's better if, like if they just do it naturally. Cause then I don't feel like there's any like weird pressure. Cause like, what if they don't want to, cause there's, there's been, yeah. um, you know, plenty of times where like I've had people on and, uh, they don't post it and that's totally fine by me. Cause like, I'm just so happy that they are just willing to give me the time to talk yeah. to me for as long as they did. So like, like outside of that, like, I don't like, you know, care about anything else. Like, all right, cool. If, if you, you were willing to sit down and talk to me and we did it awesome. Like I, I don't have any like expectations. So for me, it's just like, you know, like I, I've had people talk to me like, Oh, like, why don't you like, you know, they'll just like give me some examples. I'm like, why don't I do things differently? And I'm just kind of like, Oh, well, that's just not what, the way I want to do it. Like, I don't want to be the, the the guy trying to shove the podcast down people's throats like every day. Like, oh, here, check out this episode or this is coming up. It's just like, all right. It's just like it's just the, the only promotion you're going to see is um, the day of. And um, if you go to like my Twitter profile, it's always going to be on my pin tweet. But other than that, it's just like, cool, I'll post a day of and then I'm moving on with my life. There's like, you know, there's other episodes coming. There's other things that I'm doing. Like, I don't, um, you know, like want to just talk about it all day because I just want to do other things. So it's just like, uh, you know, I've had people talk to me and like, you know, try to give me different like ideas. And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like, that's not really me. So, yeah. So I, I totally like, get it. It's like, I think it's a super smart way to be. And like, I appreciate the thought that people put into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just put it up to like, we're just a bunch of fucking dummies. So I was just like, oh yeah, that would make sense, huh? Okay, we're just gonna <clears throat> throw it out into the wind. <laughs> and uh, how do you um, feel like the reception has been for the band? Cause like you guys did do that tour and it, did, it ended in LA, right? For you guys? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I've, you know, it was weird seeing people. Uh, this is just like for me personally, cause like, um, I think like all my friends are super talented, awesome musicians. And I'm just like with myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, what? Like, I've, I'm competent. I'm fine. Like I don't have a very big ego about me with this kind of stuff. So it would be weird playing shows in other cities and like seeing people mouthing the words. And I'd be like, how the fuck would you know this? And it'd be like really cool. Cause like, yeah, like we got a good response literally every city that we played in. And I, I it, it was not to like degrade what we put out, but I'm also just like, how, like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys having such a nice time? Like, I don't understand it. So we had, we had great reception and like our set was like maybe eight minutes long. Like, cause all of our songs, like none of our songs are over a minute. They're all super like just to the point. Mm-hmm. So to see people get so like psyched with us and then, yeah, you know, like we sold so many records. Like, I think we're down to like, I think our first pressing is actually done at this point. Like it's just shocking to me. And in like in a very good way, but it's like, I'm still in a place of disbelief. Like when I have people being like, yeah, I really like your band. And I'm like, okay, you're just being nice now. And they're like, no, I legitimately like punitive damage. And I'm like, okay, but you're, you're fucking with me. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just when I'm involved in other bands, it doesn't cross my mind to guess that, but like punitive damage is like a lot of what me and my brother, right. Like that is, most of our creative input so like i'm more critical of the stuff that like i have more creative control over mm-hmm. and so when people are like yeah i really like what you guys did i'm like don't fucking play with me man i can't handle this and do you think that it also probably plays into the fact that you're like you know center stage you're the you're the vocalist yeah and like to be totally honest like i didn't want to be the vocalist <laughs> like we had um these songs that we wanted to do something with and like I just 
part of like the curse that I had with being in bands for a minute was that we just had so many, I would play in bands with singers who had such bad singeritis and like would kibosh the shit that we would make that I reached a point where I was like, no, fuck it. Anybody can do this. I'm just going to do this. Like I refuse to put this into the hands of somebody else. I know that I like, I know that I won't fuck off on this band. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And I didn't even think I was going to be the right person for it, but when people are like, you sound cool. I'm like, okay, like this is uncomfortable. This is super new to me, but I like, I also like being put in uncomfortable situations like that. Like I like being pushed to do something different rather than like something that I'm always doing. Um, So it's definitely, it's a weird experience. I fucking hate doing stage talk and I have to get better at it. And I just like, I don't know how to do it. Cause I also have, wicked bad stage fright i have i would say crippling stage fright like i like close my eyes when i'm singing and people are like oh my gosh she's so mad but i'm like i'm fucking terrified of all of you right now yeah and also like you know you, you mentioned stage talking it's not it's not even like a like a formula to it because you gotta think it's like the rooms you're in are different every night so you kind of gotta be able to read the room and see what's going on and especially if you have stage fright yeah that, that just probably makes it like a little more intense to be up there well and i just like sometimes i'm like who the fuck wants to listen? Like, I don't know. Like it totally depends on some people. And I think some people are just outstanding speakers and are just so good at commanding the room. and so good at being like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like, what do I really have to say that anybody is interested in? Like, you're here to see like my band play. We're here to have a good time. Like, I don't think I have anything of interest to say or to offer to this moment right now. So I also just don't want to do it because it just feels disingenuous. Like, Let's just fucking play. And like, I want you to have fun. I want to have fun. I don't want to be distracted and being like, oh my God, city of meh, meh, meh. what is going on? We love you. Meh, meh, meh. Like, it just feels so cheap. And I hate that. I, I, I don't ever want to be somebody who's perceived as like being cheap or disingenuous. 100%. I, I feel like um, being up there on stage with the mic, obviously, like, um, you, uh, you know, have a lot of people like eyes on you and, uh, you have the power to, you know, say things and speak your mind, but obviously, yeah, like you do want to, um, you know, say things that are actually meaningful and not waste people's time. Cause obviously uh, it's so easy to see through that kind of shit. And, uh, and you, you don't want to get known for that. Like, okay, um, here, here, um, is like that cookie cutter speech. They're just like replacing like, you know, the different city name, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And yeah, you, you should, uh, definitely, you know, uh, if you have something to say, you should definitely say it. But um, if not, yeah, it's probably better just not to, uh, try to make things up or waste people's time, you know? Yeah. I think there's a, it's like, there's a time and place for everything. Like I'm a big fan of like, you know, sometimes if someone has something poignant to say, I'm like, yo, let's fucking go. Someone wants to talk shit. I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. But just like sometimes, yeah. Like sometimes I'll just listen to people talk and I'd be like, oh, you're just fucking, you're sucking the air out of the room right now. Like, stop it. And that's like, like I said, like, I don't feel like, a lot of what I have to say most of the time has like really any value in that situation. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to spare us both from this and I'm just not going to say anything and I'm not going to look at you. And then we're just going to kick it back up again. Maybe that's a, maybe that's not the right approach to be, but to me, I just don't. Yeah. Like it just, it feels so fake. It feels so cheap. Like, and I also don't want to have to be like, I have to rehearse something. So it's just like, it's not for me. Yeah. Maybe in due time, when you get a little more comfortable up there, you can you know speak a little more freely maybe i don't fuck yeah like it it definitely feels a little bit better being up there but i'm still like it's dude, it's it's nerve-wracking i don't know how people like do being a 
front person. Like it makes me like, before I do it, I have to like psych myself up to get as like mad as humanly possible. So that like me being pissed off about something supersedes my like fear of my friends in front of me or like strangers in front of me. Cause I'm also like, I know sometimes I'm also like, yo, I'm like a five foot four curly headed fuck trying to be intimidating or like yelling about shit and I feel like the least intimidating thing in the room and I'm yelling about stuff that makes me mad so I'm also just like it feels laughable to me so I'm just like I I overthink things too much like I think that's like my biggest problem (laughs) you mentioned that you didn't even want to be the singer um, for punitive damage how'd you end up in that role when you didn't even want to do it in the first place it's just we were talking we were thinking about people that we wanted to join the band and I was like nope I don't trust them like every person that we brought up I was like I don't trust them. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And it was just one of those things where it was like, I don't know, like, uh, and, and this sounds shitty and I don't mean to, but the, like in the sense of practicality, it's like you can replace a guitar player. You can replace a drummer. You can play a bass player. You can't really replace a singer. So ultimately if your singer fucks it up, your band is kind of like, you can't really continue it on. At least that's like how it seems to kind of be. And given to what I said about, Vancouver being a notoriously hard city to tour in, like it's also a lot of musicians here don't want to tour. So I'm like, how can I guarantee that we would be able to do the things that I want to do without worrying about somebody fucking it up? And like literally the only way was like, I just have to do it. Like I know for a fact that if we want to do these things, I will make it happen. And if we need somebody, like someone can't, uh, you know, like people can't play on this date then we're like okay cool we're like we'll get our friend to fill in and like this isn't to be like make it sound like our homies are disposable it's just like our friends get it and sometimes people can't always do it but like you can't really do that with a singer so i was like the only way i can solve this problem is to do it myself yeah i, I totally get that things can get a little you know dicey if you replace the singer because obviously like i said i mentioned earlier singers like center stage and a lot of eyes focused on them so if people show up to see the band expecting one person to see somebody else, it gets kind of strange. They're like, Oh wait, who the hell is that? And then it's like a whole new, like, okay, I got to get comfortable with this person. And yeah, it, it definitely is way harder to replace a singer than it is to like replace, like you mentioned, like a guitar player or a, a drummer. Yeah. And like this, I, I also like, um, for me as well, I think of another thing that I was thinking about was like, I don't want, and like, this is not a dance to anybody, but I'm like, I just want this like, this is, you know, our, we have creative control over this. And like, I also am going to take this as a chance to talk about shit that makes me mad and like things that bother me and things that I want to talk about that I know that like not everybody has the same lens as me or the same experiences as me. And like, you know, I'm, I grew up in like a realm of hardcore. It was always just like, like white dudes saying the same thing and it was always like my brotherhood and stuff and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i fucking get it your brotherhood but like that has like that literally says nothing to me okay. um so it was like i will say that it was cool to have the opportunity to be like you know what, man i'm gonna talk about shit the way that i want to and i'm gonna be full-on crazy fucking bitch about it and it's gonna be cool yeah no i totally back it i i think uh what you guys are doing up there is uh you know awesome uh obviously the the demo and we don't forget uh, you mentioned the songs are really short. So obviously like people like me, I get, it leaves me wanting more. Cause I'm like, damn, like, like the, the songs are, you know, uh, cool, fast, like straight to the point, but it's just like, when can we expect more? Are you guys working on any new material? Can we expect, uh, new songs or a, a promo or anything anytime soon? So we have an LP that we are working on currently. Okay. Um, it's just been 
difficult because of the pandemic because half of our band lives in Seattle. So like we can't get together and jam, for example. Mm-hmm. So right now um, we're finally getting to do a move on some shit. Like we did some problem solving, which is really cool. Uh, and I'm really excited because like we've been sitting on some of the stuff for a minute and like we weren't able to do anything. We just finally reached a point where we're like, the situation isn't going to get solved in a couple months or in a couple of years. So we have to figure out how to make do with what we have and put something out and like i'm super pumped with what we have written out i think it's going to be fucking cool and i'm excited like i wish that i could like hand something to you guys sooner but i just gotta fucking roll like we just have to roll with how the planet is currently being right now and being like okay but it we do have stuff coming um it's just i'm also terrible at like managing social media and being like we're doing stuff i'm just like oh, fuck it. when we have something we have something like they'll they'll find out when they find out yeah for sure. No, it's, sometimes it's better that way because uh, to sometimes I, I think it's weird when people make an announcement that they're going to make an announcement. I'm just like, why do they? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, like, yeah, I'm just kind of like, why? But now that just kind of announcement in three days. And then the announcement is we got buttons. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. So, OK, well, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that um, you guys are doing an LP. That's awesome. Like, that, that's a, a lot of tracks. The songs, are, are they going to be, you know, are you going to try uh, to progress and do longer stuff? Are you going to keep them short and straight to the point? Dude, we try. We're trying so hard. Like, it's just the natural wave of this band like we'll record our songs and like the first thing we look at is the timestamp. we'll be like yo we did a minute and six seconds like that's two seconds longer than the other songs like legitimately trying to be like how the fuck can we make this longer but i think that's just kind of the how we are like because when we write things like if we try and write something that's too long we're just like mm, yeah it kind of that's just not what we're about i just think we're one of those bands who are like we're just gonna keep putting out like super fast song so that's just like what we like all right well steph this has been super awesome i thank you for um you know being down to do the podcast um I, i'm always super yeah. thankful for people willing to you know give me the time and sit here and talk with me um but before we go is there anything you would like to say anything you want to shout out um oh my god i don't even know there's so many people to shout out um shout out to you know everyone who's been like supportive of all the bands that we've been into so like shout out to convulse i feel like a lot of people don't give that record label attention and i think they really should because those guys are some of the nicest people i've ever met and have such an awesome catalog of shit that they're putting out shout out to all of our friends so like yeah like change personal city scowl um you know military gun to all my friends video prick uh, I'm missing so many people right now. Um, shout out to fucking sweet anime. Shout out to Bubble Tea. Shout out to, I don't know, my homies. I'm bad at this shit. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to like think of like things after this. Um, shout out to my homie who's been waiting for me to finish this podcast so we can get Bubble Tea. <laughs> That's a good homie. Yeah, she's she's good shit. All right. Well, seriously, thank you again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast, Always on Top.